Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, a hearty good morning to you on this Thursday as we're coming to you live from our Tampa office today as uh, I have some business in Tampa, so I'll only be able to do the first hour of the show as Nick Gaddis joins me here from our St. Petersburg studio good morning to you nick how are you i'm doing great i'm fired up here on a thursday as much as i can be fired up after a another snooze fest from our tampa bay rays yeah that uh not trending in the right direction but i think we're fine but i'm fired i'm I'm fired up because of mr canales who makes me want to get out there and put the helmet on i got no i got no credentials but i kind of want to play for the dude so that's why i'm fired up here on a thursday yeah, we're going to – and, of course, I love the videos that the Bucks are leaking out, uh, you know, from, from camp and seeing all the new guys, the new uniforms, new new uh, new numbers. Uh, I, I'm sitting here getting a little juiced for NFL in, in May. I mean, how is that How is that important? And, and, and those – yes, I put it out on Twitter yesterday. I was watching some of the clips, and I'm like, boy, what a breath of fresh air Dave Canales is at his, his press conference. I don't know if this guy can coach a lick. I don't know if he can call a play. But when I listen to his press conferences, he certainly seems incredibly competent, very creative, fully in charge, very confident, humble. Um, I just get great vibes from this guy. And again, it doesn't mean squat. That doesn't put a point on the board. But you, you get a feeling that this guy is really dialed in to the NFL's modern day offense, which is something we really haven't delved into here in Tampa Bay, to be quite honest with you. This is no shot at Bruce Arians when Bruce Arians did want us a Super Bowl. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. But the game is evolving, and this this Buccaneers offense is evolving because there is no more Tom Brady. And that's the reason, obviously, that everybody thinks the, the Bucs are going to be awful. But, I, you know, I got news for you. Uh, the quarterback they have now, either one of them, in a, in a modern offense – will be able to put up more points than what we did last year. And that's not a knock on Tom Brady. It's a reality check of what that Tom Brady was last year. It was it was not the vintage Tom Brady, obviously, combined with a offensive coordinator that had no clue and was actively working against what the head coach wanted to do, it seems like, um, complete dysfunction. So, it, again, not a knock on Brady, just a knock on the whole dysfunction that was the Buccaneers' offense last year. And I, for one, can't wait to see what Dave Canales does with this group. Yeah, we're moving onward and upward. And it, I tell you, and this thing is, is he's never called a play in his life, right, at least in the, the collegiate level or the pro level. But he makes me believe that yeah. this offense is going to be, like, crazy good. And I haven't even seen it. Now, he could fall flat on his face. This is all talk, right? Just right. because you ace all the press conferences doesn't mean you exactly. ace when we get to the field. But it's just so good to hear. It's like you ask him a question about something, and you get a nice minute to two-minute response sometimes, and there's some thoughtfulness behind it. And he kind of peels back the curtain just enough, just enough yeah. for my taste. Whereas the guy who was before him gave you 10 seconds of blah, 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 blah. I don't like want to be here. I don't want to answer your questions. I'm smarter than you. You're get, stupid. You don't get any yeah. of this with Dave Canales. So already, no logic. Already, it's just so refreshing to hear. Yeah, no logic, no analytics. Don't ask me questions. Don't be bringing up trends like 
offensive short yardage plays that don't work with certain personnel. Um, I mean, it's silly. Don't, don't try to tell me that putting Luke Gedicky one-on-one against Cam Hayward is a bad idea. Don't try to tell me that. Yeah, I, I, you guys don't understand. It's very complex. You don't know. You know, there's a lot you're going on You're playing fantasy here. football, folks. That's what you're doing. Right. Yeah, you, you know, I, I have to coach the GOAT, right? I, I have to get this right. So, look, I, it's, I don't want to bash Byron. We've done that enough. But I'm just ready for the fresh air that is Dave Canales, that is going to be this offense, this, you know, so much of it wide open, quarterbacks on the move, changing launch points, waggles, bootlegs, everything that, that helps the running game. You know, we talked a lot about this, and I'm, I'm very excited to get to it. So we'll, we'll hear from Dave Canales here. We'll dive in a little bit more on that. Um, the Rays, of course, another sad performance offensively last night, and suddenly – uh, this team can't score. And, you know, we knew this was going to happen eventually, right? Um, well, of course, you know, they're on the road, so they can't cheat like they do at home, right? Um, they lost uh, two to one. Uh, what's that yeah, exactly? Uh, four, to, four to two the night before. They only scored three runs in the last couple of games. Um, and it's just a, just a bevy of missed opportunities. They're getting guys on, um, but they just can't get the big hit. And that's, you know, this is what we talked about during the streak, right? The, it, teams don't do this because it's baseball. You just you, you could hit the ball great one night and get nothing out of it because you hit it right at them or not in the right situations. And that's basically what's happened with the, the Rays. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. They run into a good Baltimore team. Baltimore can pitch the baseball. They can pitch the baseball. They can hit the baseball. This is an up-and-coming team. We've got a big enough sample size now from the Orioles to know that they are a good baseball team, and they may be really good. Um, you know, time will tell if they'll be able to to hold on and keep doing what they're doing. But we know this: the back end of their bullpen is ridiculous. Cano again last <laughs> night. I mean, you get he's one of he's one of those relievers that's in a zone right now where you watch him come in, and we've seen this over the past 30, 40 years, where you just know you got no chance to score. You know, or all this Chapman in his prime. I'll go back to Raleigh Fingers in his prime. You know, the, these guys are our good friend Goose Gossage. Um, I mean, these guys, you just, you had no hope. You can't hit that guy. His, his numbers are so ridiculous. What is it? Uh, uh, 18 innings now, he's given up two hits and two base runners. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous, the numbers that he's, and guys aren't, I mean, the chase rate is like 39%. I mean, that's just, it's off the charts. He's given up, I think uh, uh, his ERA hasn't given up a run, so it's zero. His whip going into last night's performance was 0.17. 0.17! Like, I didn't even know that was possible. So, you know, if you're you're behind in the seventh, eighth inning, ninth inning against the Orioles, uh, good night, nurse. Yeah, that, that team, the 8-9 the with Cano and Batista, and I think Cano's better than Batista. And then the other guy they threw yeah. at us yesterday yeah. who was unhittable, uh, Cologne, the lefty. Uh, yeah. He's like diving over to the third base side and just dropping this classic 12-6 hook that sneaks up on you. It looks harder than probably what it's coming in. Our guys had no chance on that. Uh, but what really, what really just bothered me yesterday about the Rays, it's more than just them not hitting. They had opportunities again for the second straight night. And I think it was in the eighth inning, Brandon Lau gets lifted for Randy Arozarena. And we've talked so much about Randy Arozarena and how locked in he's been this year. And I felt like he resorted to some bad habits in that at bat. And I'm singling, yeah. I'm singling that at bat out because that was a moment where the Rays had runners. There was just one out, had the pitcher on the ropes. And what does he do? 
He's swinging for the fences. He yeah. takes three swings, swinging for the fences. And it just reminded me of, like, 2022 Randy all over again. Yeah. And then here yeah. comes Harold Ramirez, and what's he doing? Swinging for the fences. The guy who gets the ball on the bat probably better than anybody on this team not named Yandy Diaz. I understand he's hit more for pop and all that, but you didn't need to do that in those moments. I think those two at-bats just summed up what we saw from the Rays in this series. Too much swinging for the fences. Maybe they're pressing a little bit there when things are not going their way, really for the first time for an extended time this season, mind you. Right. Uh, so that was those were the two troubling things I saw last night were those two at-bats that they just kind of were – it looked like the 22 Rays, the 2022 Rays the last couple games here out there. Well, for the series, they go one for 20 – with runners in scoring position, 22 oh. runners left on base. Um, you know, that's just, that's not good. And that's going to get you beat. And they're lucky they won one of the games, to be quite and, honest. And but. also, and also too, by the way, and we talked about this yesterday, um, you asked me would I put Taylor Walls in the lineup over Brandon Lau at this point more often than not. Uh, Brandon Lau, why was he hitting in the third hole, in the three hole yesterday? I don't know. <laughs> Can I get an explanation for that? Maybe maybe they're just trying to get him in a spot where they, he can get some fastballs. Well, um, he's hitting 193 now, Brandon Lau. The, the average has dipped 100 points over the last, like, 10 days. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's what they're, they're thinking. They're trying to get him in a spot where they can get some runners on base and uh, – pardon me um, – get some runners on base and uh, – Get some fastballs for him because he can't hit the off-speed stuff. No, it, I mean, he get it, he almost went yard. He, we we almost were talking about Brandon Lau today, but um, he did. But know. there was another at bat too where I think he got down 0-2. And if you're Brandon Lau, you know once you go down 0-2, you're not seeing another fastball for the at bat. It's right. not happening. Yep. And you know they're going low and away on you. I just want to know that Brandon Lau knows, and I know he probably gets it. But right now you're just in a slump. You're kind of just all over the place. You know they're going low and away with a changeup or a sinker, something off speed, and he just—I mean—he just does his whiff right at it, where it's just not a competitive swing. So he's going through it right now. Uh, Jude Jetson chiming in. Brandon Lau's rubbing off on everybody right now. Uh, oh, get him out of here! Get him! Get him out of here! Um, I mean, I'm not Brandon Lau again. He—he he goes through stretches where he can carry your offense and he can be a detriment to your offense, like I said yesterday, and that's kind of where he is at the moment, but. Uh, you had plenty of opportunities in the story. One for 20, two games in a row. You're just not going to win baseball get games that way. And it's a shame because the Rays pitched really well in both games. They did. They did. Again, last night, uh, Beaks started off great. Uh, Chirinos came in, had really one bad inning. I mean, you give up two runs, you know, you hope to win the game. Um, they, they, they've done that. Uh, they gave up four runs last night. I'm not – the pitching is is great, especially considering what happened. And, you know, we have to talk about this. Tyler Glass now. Oh, uh, injured again. Uh, by the way, before we keep going with the Rays, we didn't set up the show today. Pat Williams is going to join us at uh, 1030 uh, from Orlando. The great Pat Williams. Can't wait to have him on. The uh, the founder of the Orlando Magic, who now is going after a Major League Baseball team, trying to get an expansion team. But he will, as he said yesterday, if the Rays want to talk, we're all years, as he said in his presentation. So we're going to have Pat Williams on at 1030 to feel Kind of feel him out, what the Orlando Dreamers is all about, and um, just have a nice conversation with Pat Williams. Always fun to talk with him. He's a, an icon in the sports industry and in the life industry. So uh, we're very excited to have him on at 1030. Um, I'm going, by the way, I have to emcee uh, the CEO Council luncheon today. Check this out. I'll be doing a, a roundtable with, uh, uh, as I'm going to call them, the. you can help me out with my intro here, Nick. 
They're the, you know, Champa Bay does not exist without our three general managers, Jason Light, Julian Breezeball, and Eric Neander. The three, so the, all, the three pillars. Let's call them the, the three pillars. I like pillars is good. Well, I was going to go with the superheroes theme. Oh, there right. are superheroes, right? Because they, they are the ones, without them, we don't have Tom Brady. We don't have Wander Franco. We don't have Steven Stamkos, right? The, the, the men that make Champa Bay are, and these are the men that acquire the talent. So we're going to be doing this from a kind of a CEO business standpoint. Like what lessons um, can we learn from these great CEOs of their teams and apply them to the business world? So that's kind of going to be our our theme today for the lunch. lunch. And look, very much looking forward to it. We're recording it and we're going to play back the question and answer. Um, we'll do portions of it on Monday and we'll have some for next week. So I got all three GMs. Um, I'll, I'll tell you right now, this is not 60 Minutes. We're not grilling these guys. We're going to be be learning from them. We're going to be sitting at the feet of our of our Yodas. Of royalty. So royalty. So are, are they the Avengers? If they're, if, I mean, they're not that, – that, that, I don't know if that fits. If they're the super – we're bringing out our best superheroes. What, what, do, we, what do we call them? Is there, is there a name? Because the Avengers is the movie where you brought them all together, right? Yeah, yeah, where they all came together. You got your knowledge so, there. I mean, we're we're a Marvel we're a Marvel themed show here. We don't we don't mess mm-hmm. with DC. Let's get that mm-hmm. out of the way. So you Avengers almost, is Marvel. Right? <clears throat> Avengers is Marvel. Yes, okay, JP. Make, so we have so sure. we have, we have to keep it. Avengers is good. Avengers right. is good. Now, who's the lead dog there? So it's Jason, like Eric Neander and Julian Breezeball. Yeah, there's no lead dog. There's well, liked yes. liked came first. Jason mm-hmm. Light came first. So right. we're we're gonna put him in the Iron Man stable. We're gonna put. So him he's in there. Iron Man. Okay. Yep. Um. We're going to put Julian Breezeball can be Thor. Okay, He looks like Thor. Because the strongest Avenger is Thor. I don't care what Hulk right. says. He's the strongest like Avenger. And the Lightning, I think, are the strongest franchise in Tampa right. Bay. So we'll give him that. Eric Neander's a little tougher to, to nail down. Hmm. I kind of like Iron Man for Eric Neander because you know, Iron Man is, 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 is the creative inventor. Right, he's he's the one that, that that comes up with all this crazy stuff That's that true. makes him makes gives him his superpower. Where I see Jason is more of a a Hulk guy, right? Is, is Hulk Marvel? I don't know. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> so he you know he, he he gets me more like a Hulk guy. He's just like big, powerful. You know, we're going after the big guys. We're getting Tom Brady. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. I think well, you're on, well, I wanted to go Iron Man for Jason Light, but I like the explanation. I'm surprised you you got that nailed down there. That explanation for Iron Man was perfect. So I think Eric Neander has to be that, and we can go Hulk for Jason Light. We can go mm-hmm. Hulk for Jason Light. Call, you can call him Big Boom, Big uh, what's it called? Uh, high risk, high reward. I think it's Jason Light, and we'll go high risk, high, risk, right, high yeah. reward, and we'll go the Hulk for that. We'll go Hulk. All right, cool. I, I think that's good. So they are, they are our Avengers of Champ of Champa Bay. They are our superheroes who have come in and made this the the greatest sports city in the history of sports cities. We're the only team, the only city to ever win, you know, two two Stanley Cups, a Super Bowl, and go to the World Series in a two year period or one year period. Um, so that's I, I would say that makes us immortal. Which does is, it, not? it does, and which is why when you opened up, you said I have to. We need to change that. You get to. This yes. Is a, this is a yes, get, I get to, to opportunity. Yeah. What a what a wonderful opportunity. I thank the folks at the CEO Council for allowing me to do it. So very excited about doing that today, and we'll be bringing you uh, some of those um, some of those clips uh, from the from our roundtable 
discussion. So we're, I'm asking Light, you know, all right, tell us how you did it. Get, take us behind the scenes. How did you get the goat to Tampa Bay? Give us some good, juicy new stuff. You know, so we might get a little something out of that. We will, we'll see. Um, we got, we got some great questions and most of it is about, you know, a lot of it is about talent acquisition, right? We've got CEOs in the audience that run the biggest companies in Tampa Bay. And, you know, one of their biggest, you know, charges is to go out and get the best talent, right? Get those, the smartest people, the best talent to bring into your organization to make your organization stronger, right? It's exactly what these three men are tasked with. So I think there's a lot of synergy there between business and 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 sports, and we're going to delve into that. And I think their philosophies, um, some of their core values that they adhere to, will be very similar to some of the core values that this business folks do as well. So I think there's a there's a really cool crossover to be had here, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation. It's going to be going to be a lot of fun. Um, that's so that's why I'll be bouncing at eleven o'clock because I got to get it. It's over at Steinbrenner Field and. Um, and also looking forward to talking to a lot of the CEOs of Tampa Bay, you know, spreading the word about the JP Peterson show. Anybody want to advertise out there? Anybody, anybody investors come forward, please. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll have some fun with that. All right. So back to the show. And as we kind of wrap up here on, on the raise, well, here comes, uh, here comes the Yankees. And of course we did mention in class now last night, the, the word, I don't know if, you, if there's been any update this morning, but he had a little tight tightness in the left side, the oblique that he put him on the DL. Um, so, you know, anything we say now is, is almost meaningless when it comes to the Rays because every time they say it's probably not that bad, Clevenger's got a torn ACL and he's out for the year. Um, well, so. it, it sounded too like they showed him in the dugout after, and obviously I did not see the game, just heard about it, uh, that he was pretty – he was pretty hot when he got into back into the into the dugout. He was screaming, and there were some four little words and everything, and maybe a slamming of the gloves. So he he truly thought that this was like like holy f like why is this happening now? Yeah. Uh, this guy has just been so snake bitten. He's been so snake bitten since he's came to the Rays. Uh, I just at this point it's like I'm almost fearing because he's not young anymore. Dallas Glasnow is about to be thirty years old. Yeah. He really hasn't yeah. pitched that much, to be honest, to be 30 years old in the big leagues. And it's yeah. like I keep asking, is he ever going to reach the potential, the limitless potential that he has in Major League Baseball? But it seems like it's one setback after the other with him, unfortunately. And whereas we were hoping maybe we can get this guy back mid-May, like I had kind of penciled in that, that New York Mets series. You know, that would have been a great time to see him, potentially. Some of these really good teams that got to play here in the month of May – I'm like, okay, now do we got to rest him a little bit and we got to push this back to June? I mean, it, it's just not a great situation. It's because yesterday they wanted him to go four and get, I think, 60 pitches was what they were trying to get him to yesterday. And the fact that you only get an inning out of it, I mean, this is such a big delay in his recovery now. Well, and the whole fact that, you know, he's that animated as he comes off and he's that pissed off, it tells me that it's a significant setback. Um, you know, we don't know yet, but that's that would that's what it hints we, at. We got to fear for the worst, like you said. I know. When we, when we I, see raised injuries, we have to feel we have to fear for the worst. We've been down this road. Yeah, yeah. I I just you know we we were so looking forward to come. I guess the good news is, you know, we're twenty nine and nine without them. Yeah, they you have know? they have the buffer they have the buffer there that they can withstand uh, a drought which is coming. Uh, is it coming now? Is what people want to know. Is, is this just a this whole what happened here in Baltimore, is this an example of them cooling off and coming back down to earth a little bit? And I got to tell you, I don't think 
going in. And as much as I'm hyped up for this series against the Yankees, a four-game set in Yankee Stadium, can't stand those guys. So perfect to be to play them now after the the whole thing that happened after this weekend. I just don't have a. I don't like this matchup for a team that just hasn't hit the last couple games. I really don't because the Yankees. And I know they just played the the A's, so they got their free wins out of the way. But mm-hmm. they're starting to hit the ball a lot better now. They got Aaron Judge back, and Yandy Diaz said it. I think yesterday, when Judge is in that lineup, everyone around him is like more like ready to play. It feels like he's the energizer right. to that team. So. Uh, you know it's going to be rocking there at Yankee Stadium all four games. They want to beat this team badly. So I'm not looking f- – this is not a matchup that I think is great for the Rays at the moment because of those things. Yeah, they just – they sweep the A's, and they do it by outscoring them 28-10 to 10 in three games. So um, – but – and the Yankees are probably a little pissed off because of the walk-off loss with Garrett Cole, you know, blowing a 6 to nothing lead. But I think the, the, the Rays are probably still pissed off at the butt-hurt, uh, ridiculous, childish hitting of Randy Arozarena after he hit a home run. Um, they're probably still butt-hurt about that. So, you know, there's going to be some intensity in the Bronx this weekend. Throw in the whole, you know, cheating allegations from their hometown WFAN. And um, is that the end, the, uh, the voice of the Yankees? Yeah, right? Yeah, I believe so. So they're the Yankee station calling out the Rays for cheating. Correct. Isn't that rich? Isn't that rich? <laughs> a team that spends three times more than the Rays spend staying, they're cheating. Who's really cheating here? Who's, who's, who's got the advantage in the, uh, in the unlevel playing field? I know it's not technically cheating, but the playing field is certainly not level when it comes to spending and revenues, no. etc. like it is in other sports. So for the Yankees to accuse the Rays of cheating is rich. Is like your advantage is not enough. You can't beat the the Rays with this tremendous advantage that is cooked into baseball's books. You can't beat the Rays, and you want to accuse them of cheating. I know the Yankees aren't doing it, but their surrogates for the station that they are on are doing it. You think that's by 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 accident? No, no, no. no. I don't think it's by accident at all. And I'm telling you this right now because of how heated that first game got, and I know it cooled down the next two days, but I feel like it's always a ticking time bomb with these two teams. Oh yeah. And I think we talked about this with Doug, right? There was nobody worth hitting on that Yankee team that right. was all for three games. Well, guess what? Well, there's, there's one now. There's one now, and so you know if if you know Drew loses a little, if he fastball gets away from him, you know. Hits Judge in the ass or something like that. I mean, I'm not gonna. Well, I, I'm not gonna bat an eye at that. I'm here to say we better do it first. Because if you don't, if you wait and let them do it first, then everybody gets warned and you don't get the opportunity to punk their guy. And this has not been the Rays' mo. No, the, the Rays have not done this, but I think it's about time they do it because they're getting the short end of the the, the, the stick here. And that's why Cash was so pissed off. He's like, look, we're trying to do this the right way. And you guys are going overboard to allow them to hit our guy twice. Where was the warning after the first one? You didn't do it. Now we can't retaliate or our guy's getting kicked out. That's why, you know, this is why the rule is so bad. You got It incentivizes you to make the first strike. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to say that they need to, Drew Rasmussen needs to plunk him right on the backside. Hit him in the ribs, not the head. Don't want to go after the head. Don't want to, have to go to the hands. You know, one of those, those big, thick legs of his, 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 he could take his it. trunk. He could take, take it. He could take it. 
you know, just give them a little, uh, little, a little, little seam tattoo, if you will, and we'll see how the Yankees react. Which I hate, we'll I hate saying react. that. I hate saying that, by the way, because I really do love Aaron Judge. Like I, I do too. I, I can't. Stand, I do too. But can't you, stand the you Yankees. brought this on yourself, Yankees. This is not us doing it. This is like a little kid, right? What do you got? This is going to hurt me a lot more than it's going to hurt you, right? I have to punish you because this is the shenanigans that you have brought on us. I have to punish you. This is the way it's handled in the league. And if I don't do that, you're just going to keep doing that to us, which is way kind of the way it feels right now. I kind of feel like when's the last time we hit one of their guys? I, you got to go back probably five years. Remember the whole thing? It was CC Sabathia got really hot. It was like 2018. And that's what kind of started this rivalry, to, went to a new level right then and there. I think that was the last time the Rays claim, at least, that they hit a batter intentionally. Right. And then you had the whole Chapman Brasso thing. And then you saw this with Randy. So I think we're due. I think we're yeah. due. But maybe the Rays are just going to go, you know what? You're chasing us. We're not chasing you. We're going to play our game. You want to do those shenanigans? That's fine. Maybe they take that approach. But, again, I wouldn't be bothered by one bit if, Rasm- if Rasmussen had a, a fastball get away from him accidentally. Yeah. I'd not be bothered I, by it. I, I, I think it's time, and it, it should be done early on before they get the opportunity to do it to us. Because, you know, if, um, if a road you – know, well, they may do it because they get the pitch first, right? Um, um, but if they don't, which they probably will – uh, then we need to we need to retaliate. I, I, I would like to. I know that's not what Cash likes to do. I know it's not part of his DNA. I know he, you know, he probably wants to, but the organization is is kind of shied away from that. We don't lose focus. We play baseball. We do it the right way. Um, and I get that. I get that. But there comes a time when you're getting pushed around a little bit that you have to respond to make sure to stop them from hitting your guys. You know, it's just that simple. There's got to be a there's got to be a price paid. I wish just like see just I, like in hockey. I wish Josh Donaldson was not hurt so bad because oh, that would be I'd much rather hit him. I would. I he's would, not worth it. He, he would be the perfect player to just to pluck one time, and I'm sure right. he would probably start a whole stir over it. I don't think of Aaron course. Judge would. Aaron Judge, I think, would take it and go to first base and probably wouldn't think twice of it. So. I think, unfortunately, if somebody gets hit, he's probably going to have to take it because there's nobody else in that lineup that I maybe Rizzo, but again, I think Rizzo's very likable as well, honestly. So oh, I wish Donaldson was in that lineup this week. I I cannot stand Josh Donaldson with I, every fiber of my being. I think you're not uh, alone in that. Um, all right, before we get to Pat Williams, just let's get let's. I want to hit uh, just one or two of these uh, Dave Canales quotes uh, from yesterday. Um, Let's do uh, number three. Um, I'll do three and four here uh, from Dave Canales. This one, number three, on why he's not naming a starting quarterback right now. Yeah, I think philosophically, for me, coming from Seattle, best guy gets the job. So you saw it happen last year firsthand. It was Geno Smith. It was Drew Locke. And it was a true competition. And you got a guy who hadn't played in a long time. You got a guy who had some pretty bad experiences in, re- in, the, in the recent past with Drew. And so for me, it's a win-win when you create a competition. Here's why. If you name a starter today, the backup guy starts thinking like a backup. Okay? But if you say, this is a competition, we're going to allow us to go into the preseason, let them show us they can manage to get us into the right play, they can take care of the ball, that's going to be the determining factor, really, is who takes care of the ball and then the bonus is, now who pushes it down the field? You know, but if we can play great defense, run it, and take care of the ball, we're going to be a great team. 
So the guy who can show that um, is going to win the job. And so for me, what I end up getting out of Drew and Gino is two guys who had to mentally put themselves in a place where I could be, I'm going to be the starter this year. They trained that way all the way through the last game in the preseason. We're in Dallas, and Drew's playing for his job. Gino's playing for his job. They both know that. Game one, I got a starter in Gino, and I got a backup who's been thinking he's a starter for six months. Whoever won the job was going to be our starter, but the other guy was going to bring so much more value and confidence to our room. And it was that, so that kind of was, has been our philosophy, um, and I would like to take it as far as I can. But of course, the head coach, the general manager, we're going to all have discussions, you know, and they'll, like I told uh, Jason early on, said, I will coach the crap out of whoever you give me and whoever we decide to, but I'll have them both ready. You know, wow. I love that answer. Absolutely love that answer. And you get the reasoning behind it. I, 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 I love this when the coaches can say, listen, football fans, and dare I say, even some reporters, have become pretty good in terms of the, the football IQ because of everything that's available to us right now. You don't need to be an insider anymore to know more than anybody knows. 10 years ago, it was just the insiders. Now the entire fan base knows all this information is out there. These guys are accessible. We learn things. And, uh, you know, game film, PFF, et cetera, et cetera. So when you have a, a guy that can explain that to you and say why we're not going to name a starter, not be, oh, you know, we're not going to name a starter, hush, hush, shh, you know, is that, you know, all that secrecy stuff, don't want anything out. Well, he just told us why. This is that's a great explanation and, it, and see how he frames it in such a positive way for both players. It's like we're challenging you to be the best. This is not punishing anybody who doesn't win the job. You got an opportunity. It's on your plate. It's like Devin White. You want to make $20 million a year? Go earn it. You want to be the starter for this football team? Go earn it. You know, there's no, there's no bull crap here. Let's just go. So I, you know, I love it. Yeah, I want to, I want and I want to see specifically how Kyle Trask kind of responds to this. Like this is his first opportunity to get meaningful playing time and actually be the starter of an NFL football of NFL football team. So, yeah. I want to see how he reacts and I want to see how Baker Mayfield reacts knowing that this is probably his last shot at getting a starting gig. Where's that chip on his shoulder at? Uh so I I agree with everything you just said there. This was, that was a great explanation and it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the great Pat Williams will join us from Orlando. He is the man behind the Orlando Dreamers who wants to bring Major League Baseball to Orlando. He did it with the Magic. Is he eyeballing the Rays? We will talk to the great Pat Williams next. Stay with us. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life 
changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. Law firms in Tampa Bay and Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. All right, it is with great pleasure that we once again welcome in uh, the great. Pat Williams from Orlando. He is the founder of the Orlando Magic, longtime NBA executive, one of the greatest human beings on the planet. He is a motivational speaker. He is an author of a gazillion books. I could go on and on. He is a, uh, in the Hall of Fame at the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. We inducted him. 
and he's uh, should be in the Hall of Fame of life as well. Pat, how are you? Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, JP. How are you doing? Hope things are well. It, they're, they're, we're in Champa Bay here, Pat. We absolutely love our uh, our what we got going here, and um, and I've been spending a lot of time in Orlando lately, and it's a great city. Um, and you want to bring baseball to Orlando and uh, made a great presentation the other day. So all of our fans here are a little, you know, they're a little queasy. They don't, we don't want to lose our rays, but I, um, I want to kind of focus in first and foremost on what your vision is uh, for the Orlando Dreamers. Well, JP, we're, uh, we've become a big market, a big city in Orlando. We're now the 17th largest media market in North America and rising steadily uh, we're the largest media market uh, in the country that does not have a major league baseball team and, that, and we think our time has come uh, the, the commissioner of baseball has made it clear uh, that he wants to add two teams get to 32 that's the last expansion uh, in baseball i can envision for our lifetime yeah and uh, and so th- this is this is uh, not going to come around again. So we've been preparing uh, for that uh, expansion time for the last well almost four years now. And in the meantime, uh, we're following closely what's going on with the Rays, uh, trying to get a new ballpark. And uh, we don't know how that's going to turn out, but we're watching carefully. And, uh, but we've got, but we, we've got these wonderful plans for our ballpark. Now we got to figure out a way to pay for it. Yeah. (laughs) We've we've run into that here in Tampa Bay as well, um, on both sides of the bay. So we're trying to figure that out. Now you said you're following it closely here. Do you have any inside information or what is your perspective of how it's going in St. Petersburg and in Hillsborough County? Do you sense that the Rays are close to a deal in, in either place? Uh, everything's very quiet, isn't it? I, we, we yes. don't, we don't hear a lot. <laughs> uh, no, I know you don't either. Uh, the, the only comments occasionally uh, come out of St. Pete, but yet, uh, the Rays and the commissioner and all, uh, I would much prefer the Tampa side. I, I sense, but yes. I'm not sure Tampa is in a position to do that. Um, we're talking well over a, a billion dollars and, uh, how that gets paid for, you know, is a big deal. We're, we're talking here, what 1.7 billion, right? And we got, we got to figure out a way to pay for it here as well. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, the price these days of ballparks, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, uh, it, it's enormous. So we'll see. Um, but it, but it's all coming to a head pretty quickly over here. Pat, do you sense that you have a better shot on an expansion team or getting the race? We want to be prepared for either, for either or. Uh, as I look at the expansion situation, you know, obviously baseball would pick one out west and one east of the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Out west? Uh, Salt Lake City came out of nowhere and and put their oars in the water and suddenly look like they're in the lead position. Hmm. With, with the A's moving to Vegas, right? Uh, 
it, it looks to me like Salt Lake, and the only other one is Portland. East of the Mississippi, Nashville and Orlando, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe so, throw Charlotte uh, in there. Charlotte, Charlotte's not doing anything. Oh, that's I, true. I can't. I can't picture baseball going back to uh, Montreal. I just can't. No. So um, I, Nashville's been up and running a long time on this. Uh, they've got a problem, as I see it. They just allocated this enormous sum of money up there to build a new football stadium. That's right. And 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 can they also do the same thing for baseball? I'm not so sure they can. Yeah, it's a lot of money for two parks uh, at the same time. Oh, no question about oh, Pat Williams joining no. us here from Orlando. Um, tell me a little bit about the design because I'm fascinated by that. I, I, I kind of like, since I'm a Tampa guy, I kind of like to plop that whole thing right down in Ybor City, which is what the, the Rays had a translucent roof design back in uh, 2018, 2019, which they should have done the deal then. It was a lot cheaper than that. Uh, they'd be up yes. and running right now in, in Ybor. But Stu Sternberg and – you know, and I've, I've been very outspoken about this. You know, I think the, the impediment for this whole thing here in Tampa Bay has been the owner, Stu Sternberg. Had he paid half the ticket in, in 2018, 2019, that, that stadium would be up and running and the Rays would be off and running and they'd be in an even better position they are now in a much better location than, than in St. Petersburg. And now they're facing building. Now they could get more public money in St. Petersburg, but it's still a failed location, Pat. It's a terrible location. It's a great city. We love St. Petersburg, and it, it doesn't need a baseball stadium, quite frankly. It needs a convention center. Um, that would be a much better expenditure of the money, in my opinion, as, as the building a baseball stadium. That's a failed location on the edge of the market surrounded by water. It's just and, – and Tampa is so much closer to Orlando. As you mentioned yesterday, could be an hour, an hour ten, <laughs> depending on what side you're on, although I'll, I'll take a little umbrage. I, I do I four a lot. Um, so my, my point is – the St. Pete thing to me is a disaster. If they go forward with that, with the public money there, um, Tampa, I think is a better idea, but I, I love the design that you put out there for, for your translucent roof. Tell me a little bit about the design. Well, JP in Florida, we know this, <clears throat> uh, you've got to have a, a cover. We, 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 uh, we have a lot of rain. We have a lot of threats of rain. We have a lot of thunderstorms and it's hot and humid. Uh, that's the one plus of the trop. Yep. Uh, you know, you know, you know the game's going to happen, and you know you're going to uh, be comfortable. Yes. Uh, you're not. You're not going to be miserable in the in the heat and humidity. That, that's the one plus. Uh, and so we we obviously have to have that here. <clears throat> plus, uh, we figured out, and you know the the cost of a of a roof, you know that you can open and close <clears throat> is about two hundred million. But if it's going to be closed most of the time, uh, why do you need a a, a a roof that you can open and close exactly. if it's closed most of the time? <clears throat> and now they've come up with different kinds of. Uh, roofs. Uh, the, the the one that they've done for us is, well, you can see right through it, so you you don't really feel you're you're indoors. You uh, look up and you can see the sun, or you can see the thunderstorm, or you can see yeah. the stars. Yeah, 
if you want to have a fireworks display, you can see that. Uh, so th- that that's a real plus, we think. So, and it's fa- it's a fairly new uh, design. Plus, we wanted uh, fans to come early and uh, do all sorts of fun things, and that's and that's under a, a roof as well. <clears throat> so, uh, I think uh, I think it's worked out quite well. You got to pay for all that, though. Right. And and it's not cheap. Um, we have one advantage here, and that's the resort tax dollars, the bed tax. Um, Thirty million uh, plus a month, uh, and that's what eighty million uh, uh, tourists will do for you. Yeah, and, and that's how so much of this stuff gets built over here: the Magic Arena, the Performing Arts Center, football stadium convention center uh and and so there's a, a lot of this tax money has built up and now the uh the county mayor wants to distribute it in a, in a fair way and so uh, we've got to go sell our case uh, there'll be other requests for that money and we feel we've got to make a compelling case uh, for a ballpark so uh, we, we we've we've got a lot of a uh, lot of lot of bobbing and weaving to get through over here yet. <laughs> uh, and Pat, I'll ask you this too: uh, for people out there who are going, maybe that oh, Orlando's not a baseball market. For people who say that, what is your sort of pitch? Like, sell it to everybody that might be on that that kind of that side of the spectrum. And just from b- speaking with maybe the citizens of Orlando, what is the interest level there uh, for an MLB team? Well, we feel it's ter- terrific. Way back uh, when we first got into this, uh, we um, had a press conference and said, "Orlando, we need to hear from you. Uh, do you want do you want to go forward with this? Do you want to try and get a major league baseball team?" And within less than a month, we had over twelve thousand people who had responded. Uh, that's now up over thirteen thousand and and growing and. Uh, so we we came back a month later and said, Orlando, we've heard your voice. <clears throat> let's uh, let's go for it. Then COVID hit, and 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 shut all shut everything down, including our, our effort here. But uh, that's over, and we're up and running. And uh, we feel Orlando has spoken loud and clear uh, that they want to be a baseball city. Uh, we're now the 17th largest media market in North America and and, and rising. We're going to catch Denver soon and Detroit and Minneapolis-St. Paul. And uh, with no end in sight, there are a 1,000 people a day moving here in, in all four directions, uh, of course, in the center part of the state. And so we, we feel, we feel we're gonna, we can be a very, very good baseball market. Um, just do the math. <clears throat> Uh, let's say we get to 100 million visitors in the next five years. Uh, might 2% of them want to go to a ball game? <clears throat> See Dreamland Field? 2%. Well, if that's the case, that's 2 million people. And, and if we can't draw another million from citizens, well, we shouldn't be doing this. Right. So, so if my math is right, that's that's three million people. <clears throat> Only about six 
baseball teams do that. So we think we could be a, a, a pretty special market. That That is a compelling case, no doubt, uh, uh, for that, and we'd love for you to get an expansion team. But if that did not happen, Pat, and I'm here because I was going to ask you, you keep talking about how to pay for it. There's that bed tax, but then you have another $700 million, $800 million. Um, I guess you would expect the team to pay for that. I don't know how willing the Rays would be to, to shell out that kind of money. We haven't seen that willingness from Stu Sternberg, certainly. Uh, you would need an owner, obviously, to pay the $1.5 to $2 billion expansion fee in addition to building the um, the team. And I and I noticed there wasn't a whole lot of uh, political support at the presentation, and I know you've answered some of those questions. So how, how do you get around the funding? How do you approach the funding? And where are the city leaders, Buddy Dwyer and, and Demings and all those? Uh, and, and do you have an owner in mind, somebody who's got those kind of deep pockets? Well, we gotta <clears throat> we gotta find that owner. There's no question about it. Yeah, uh, that that that's the one missing piece here, and uh, <clears throat> we have uh, we have interviewed uh, numbers of potential owners, uh, and, and 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 a wide range of very very interesting people, <laughs> and we continue and we continue that process. Uh, we've got we got to find the right owner. Uh, not only w- one who has the wealth to do this, but also who would be accepted by uh, baseball. Uh, you know, it's a pretty exclusive club, those 30 owners, or, or, or 32 owners. And, and baseball is, is very picky about who they let in the club. So yes. that, that's the ongoing process now. Uh, can, can, we, can we find that right person to be our owner we're 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 working hard on that all right one one last thing pat if i can um if if you weren't able to get this done um i i believe the best thing for baseball in the tampa bay area is to have it on the tampa side to make it more accessible for the folks of orlando i think it's a key piece to the puzzle um the bright line train obviously is coming in the station is built already in orlando they have the train to Miami, soon to be coming to Tampa. I think that could be a great generator here. Um, we would love to have some of that bed tax money if you want to send it this way to help out Hillsborough County <laughs> if you don't get it done. Um, because I do think it's a regional asset. I think the Rays are a regional asset. If we could build that stadium that they proposed in uh, 2018 right there in Ybor City, I think it's a home run. I think it's because the I-4 corridor, as you know, Pat, is going to be you know, one of the fastest growing it already is. And it'll be probably add another million, two million people in the next uh, 10 to 15 years. So to me, it's an absolute home run to get this thing done in Tampa. And we need the support of Orlando as well. And those same people can drive that train right back to Orlando to go see the Orlando Magic play in Orlando City. I know this isn't what you want. You'd rather have your own team. But if that weren't to come to fruition, how can we get Orlando to join us with with this, this group in Tampa? Well, you know, they're not going to join financially. Right, I know. Um, it was worth a shot. You know, that, you know that, that's, that's, that can't happen. It, it's not going to happen. And, and on the other hand, here's another way to look at it. Um, as Orlando and, and Tampa continue to grow uh, and, and almost, I don't know, 10 years from now, are they, do, they, do they join somewhere as yeah. one big market in Lakeland? I don't know. But, but I will say this, 
Uh, how about the NBA and Major League Baseball in Orlando and the NFL and, and uh, the NHL in Tampa? Um, and, and, and soccer in both cities. Yeah. And, pick, yeah. and pickle, and, and pickleball is coming. <laughs> Padel. I'll be doing a Padel event this weekend, uh, Pat, in, yeah, in Tampa. Yeah. Pick, pickleball is coming to Orlando. Yeah. Uh, does that, uh, that, that, you could argue that, uh, yeah. that way, um, uh, 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 the four, four sports are covered. Two in Tampa, two in uh, Orlando. Uh, well, just another way. To, just another way to look at it. Um, so let's put it this way, JP. A lot of unanswered questions. Yes, indeed, there is, uh, and a uh, lot of unanswered and, questions. And and we will, we we will soon see. Yeah. Uh, but but just from afar. Well, let me let me put it this way. Uh, the, 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 this tourist tax, this bed tax. Yeah. Uh, we, we take in in one month, uh, what Hillsborough County does in, um, a whole year. Yeah. Uh, we take in in two months what Pinellas County takes in in a whole year. And so, uh, and, and I don't think over yonder they can, they can merge those two counties. And here's another here's another issue. Uh, uh, our beloved Phillies in Clearwater, mm-hmm. uh, they want three hundred million to I know. update and redo their whole minor league complex. I know. And 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 the Phillies have been such a long standing partner in Clearwater. So I think what nineteen forty seven. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, they they have to be taken care of. Yep. Uh, that's a whole other wild card here. And, of course, Clearwater is right in the middle of Pinellas County. Yep, yep. So uh, so you got to keep your eye on that one. Yep. All right, Pat, uh, uh, always great to chat uh, with you. For, uh, go ahead. Call any time, JP. L- lots of moving parts here. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, it's, a, it's a big jigsaw puzzle as I see it. Yeah, uh, and, and and eventually all the pieces in the puzzle have to be put in place here, and, and we'll see how it plays out. Pat, thanks so much for joining us. As always, we we love you, man, um, and uh, I, I wish you the best of luck. Um, I don't want you to take our raise. If you get an expansion team, that's fantastic. But uh, good luck with that. If anybody can do it, it's you, my friend. So, uh, congratulations on the announcement, and and good luck in the endeavor. Thanks, JP. Call any time. You got it. The great Pat Williams right there, um, the man who brought NBA, big, big, big time sports to uh, to Orlando. Um, well, Nick, you're you're a long time Orlando. Well, not a long time, but a few years Orlando resident. You know it well better than I. Um, what, what are your thoughts on his his case of Orlando as a baseball city? Yeah, I, I think the big thing there, the seventh, the whole seventeenth largest market in the uh, the U.S. and it's the largest market without a baseball team, like. I get the reasoning there, but I think the thing that's being lost a little bit is just because you're a big market doesn't mean you're a baseball market, and I think that's where my biggest question mark is, is I don't see that demand for for baseball in Orlando. That's just me personally, and I know Pat has done a lot more research, and he mentioned you know 13,000 people coming forward. 
I, I mean, I tend to think I'd want that number to be a lot higher from yeah. Orlando citizens yeah. than 13,000. There's nothing, there's nothing really to work, work with, I think, with 13,000 at the moment. And tourists, I mean, I understand 100 million people coming to Orlando. You get 2% of that. You get that want to go to a baseball game. But how many people are, again, they just kind of, that's the question. How many people are really coming to Orlando as a tourist to go to a baseball game? It's not one well, of those things that I can – baseball to me is hard enough to market as it is. And even though the game I think is in a lot better shape this year with the pace of play and things like that, I just don't know how you're going to get a bunch of people to go see a baseball game when they're definitely coming to go to Disney, they're going to Universal and SeaWorld and all these other places. Uh, what they do have going for them, I guess, is the location of the ballpark because I mentioned already that I think a lot of people that think they're going to Orlando on vacation – don't actually end up going to Orlando because they're just going to the resorts, which is not Orlando. So you put the location there off I-4 kind of near where Disney is and near Universal. It's in their path. They see this big thing, right? This right. big translucent stadium. Uh, Dreamland, I think, is what he called it, right? right? You see that. Maybe you go, oh, what is that? Oh, it's a baseball team. Well, that place looks cool. And if it's affordable, right, right? I mean, it, I guess you could make it work, but – like he said, there's still too many unanswered questions, and I don't know when we're going to get answers, or if there even really is good answers to come from those questions. Yeah, he brought brought up a lot of great points. Um, I, I really don't think the Rays are in play. I think MLB definitely wants to keep them here in Tampa, and with that the case, it just becomes a geographic thing, right? Um, is Nashville a better spot on the East Coast? Is it a more thriving market? There's no question. Um, and And the fact that so much of his attendance projections are baked into tourism. You know, we've never seen that, right? We've never seen that uh, play out as a effective attendance strategy. Yeah. At least I, not to my knowledge. And, I mean, and I was going to ask, and that's a good point. Is major league baseball, the type of sport that would be proactive and looking at that and being, Oh, that's so outside the box. Let's try it. Right. Is major league baseball, the right sport for something like that? For that I guess you got you got to look at Vegas, right? Like Vegas, you bring football to Vegas. Um, there, we don't have a long term numbers yet for football in Vegas, right? But it seems like they're getting a lot of people uh, coming to Vegas as a road team, right? They're constantly going to all the casinos, buy up tickets for their customers to come in and, and stay at their resorts and go to the game, right? I think that seems to work. I, I think that's a that's a good model. Um, you know, the hockey team is selling out, right? They're good. They have a great arena. Is that mostly tourists going to these games or is that the locals going to it? Um, so I, I think we're seeing in some ways that has worked in Vegas. And would that work in Orlando? I think there's a pretty strong chance it would. Because like you said, you see the iconic thing, you're flying in, you see this humongous translucent, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to go. And, and when you look at the fact that, you know, a Disney ticket, is about $150 a day per person, right? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, dad's going to look at this and go, hey, let's take one of the days we're in Orlando and go to the baseball game. If you make the tickets affordable, yeah. you know, 20, 20, 25 bucks, you can bring your family there for 150 instead of, you know, doing a, you know, doing a hundred thousand uh, you know, trip to Disney. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that could be appealing. And the other thing too, that he said at the end, and I'm completely against it. And I have a feeling most people would is I don't like the idea of let's have, let's just split the pro teams and put half of them in Tampa and put half of them in Orlando and almost have this like one giant regional community. I just, 
I don't view it that way. I think 100 miles apart from the two places or 80 miles, whatever it is, that's a little, much. That's a little bit of a distance in my opinion. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a tough pill to swallow for people in Tampa to have to lose a team and then say, oh, but they're in Orlando, right? Yeah. I, I just How many people from Tampa want to go to Orlando? We've had this discussion already. Nobody from Tampa really wants to go to St. Pete. It's hard enough right. there, so I don't see how Orlando would work in that equation, and I just don't view the two cities. I've never viewed them, even though they're, 80, they're apart from one highway. I've never viewed them in lockstep together. They seem like completely two different entities, so I, I can tell you right now I don't like that idea. I, listen, I think eventually it will grow together just like South Florida from, you know, Biscayne Bay to Jupiter now is one large city. It does not stop. There are no, you know, there are no uh, waste areas in between. The same thing is going to be in 10 years uh, on I-4 between. But that doesn't make that doesn't mean the two cities are conjoined. It does not mean that they are they are one. So I, I would agree with that. Look, I, I think it's it's a complete overthink, to be honest with you. This team belongs in downtown Tampa, and it's not close. It's not close. We don't need to go through all the demographics and all those other things. It's just it's coming down to money, and Stu wants to make the best deal for him. And what we need to be cognizant of as a as a region is what's the best deal for Tampa going forward for the next 30, 35 years. And Pat knows this, that, that it's, and he even mentioned it. It's it's better It's better sourced on the Tampa side. And Tampa does have money. Their bed tax money, I think, has doubled in the in the past year, if I'm not mistaken, two years. So they've got bed tax money. They've got money to spend. But the leadership, you know, it's from the city side, Jane Castor has been absolutely none. Zip, nilch. I mean, zilch. She's really done nothing proactive. She's answered questions, but has done very little proactive to to help uh, get the raise here. Ken Hagen has been out front for the county all along, and frankly, the county commission is the one that's going to put this deal together. We haven't heard much from them. And of course, in St. Pete, they're doing all the negotiations in secret, which I think is an abomination. It's exactly what Stu wants to happen. And they're playing along in lockstep, like, of course, we knew they would. Um, so I think, look, he makes a compelling case for Orlando, but it's not a better case than Tampa. It's just not. Um, the stadium would be cheaper. The stadium would be better located in Tampa. Um, there's no, you know, strategy that maybe the tourists will come and fill up our stadium because it's just Orlando people. I don't think it would survive to be be quite honest. So, but you know, I, I just think there's too many questions. Whereas the best bet is in downtown Tampa. No question about it. All right. Um, I will leave you to this as I go do the CEO council uh, round table with Jason light, Eric Neander and Julian breeze Bois. I've got my Avenger script here ready to go. So we'll introduce our superheroes in that way. And we'll, bring a lot of that um, roundtable discussion to you tomorrow and next week as well. So we'll take a break. We'll come back, and Nick and Sean will take over. They're going to do a lot of Buck stuff. They'll do some more Orlando stuff, I'm sure. They'll be entertaining you the rest of the way. Stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up 
on TrueBody and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show here on a Thursday. You heard him, J.P., going off to do a very fun thing, sitting down with the three pillars, if you will, of Tampa Bay from a, an executive general manager standpoint, Jason Lyke of the Bucks, Julian Breezeball of the Lightning, and Eric Neander of your 29-9 Tampa Bay Rays. So excited to bring you some sound from that. Uh, but we got one more hour to go here, and we're bringing in Sean Green. If you recall, he joined us a few weeks back for most of the week. Uh, he's our he's our fill in here with JP's not here, and I definitely wanted to get you on today, Sean. And first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, uh, I popped in at the perfect time to hear some of that Orlando conversation. I, I figured, uh, yeah. I was looking at your facial reactions there a little bit. Yeah, I was, I was, I was definitely smiling. I, I, I consider myself an Orlando expert on things, and you know, I consider you guys Tampa experts. So. Do I disagree with some of the stuff that was said? Absolutely. But I'm sure we'll get into it at some point. Uh, we're going to get into it now because I want to I just hit it right ahead because we just had Pat Williams on for about 25 minutes there and uh, trying to explain to us why he believes Orlando is in line for a baseball team. And I'll recap just really quickly some of the things he said. Uh, it's the 17th largest market media or media market in the U.S. and growing, the largest media market in the United, in the United States without a baseball team. Uh, I asked him a lot, and this was my big concern, was what's the demand for a baseball team in Orlando? And, and he said that he's gotten, I think, 13,000 people, I think, and growing that have, have expressed interest. Uh, and then he mentioned $100 million 
tourist coming to Orlando, and if you get 2% of that that want to go to a baseball game, there's 2 million, and if you can get a million citizens, then now you have 3 million, and there's only six teams in Major League Baseball that have that number of reach. Right, So there was his explanation. So I will turn it over to you. First of all, what did you disagree with? And what do you think, somebody who lives in Orlando, born and raised, the demand for baseball in Orlando, what it is? So here's the thing. As a sports fan, I'm indebted to Pat Williams for my entire life. I mean, I am a Magic fan first. He brought me my first love in my life, which is the Orlando Magic. Um, Pat is a smart man. I know a lot of people that are good friends with him. Uh, I worked for the Orlando Magic. No, everybody has great things to say about Pat, and he is very smart and very, very smart about what he says. So, when you talk about baseball in Orlando, ten years ago, I would say it wouldn't work. Um, fans in Orlando are very specific about what they go to to get their sports. Uh, the Magic, the bad years, you would be surprised. There are still a good amount of fans in the stands. Now, some people say, "Oh, it's other teams." Uh, but last year, the Magic had one of the highest attended seasons in recent history. You could say that's because of the first overall pick, but I say it's more notoriety to the team. Team's more exciting to watch, and fans in Orlando see that. Uh, Orlando City, soccer, it's almost sold out every time. It's very well attended. People go. Um, the population in Orlando, there's a lot of different people that live in Orlando, so that is attended well. If you were to put a baseball ballpark in the city of downtown, I would say would not work. You would not get a lot of people going to the games. And if it was located in that area, I would say you might as well just scrap the idea. It would not work. The fact of where it is located, right behind Aquatica, right in front of the convention center, I agree with everything Pat Williams said. And I think it can work actually really well. Um, Because, yes, I understand the concern of you're relying on the tourist market. And I do understand that. And that's why I said for this baseball thing to work, it would need to have tourists come. And when it's in downtown, Nick, as you know, a lot of the Orlando tourist things to do are on iDrive near Disney. It's about 20 minutes outside of downtown, 15, 20 minutes. With it being located where it's located, which is basically in the heart of everything going on in tourist part of Orlando – I think it would do massive numbers because it's not just the ballpark, right? It's hotels, which are needed in Orlando all the time, more cheaper hotels, more options for hotels, more restaurants. It wouldn't just be a ballpark. It'd be a place for people to come watch any sport they want on a big screen, stuff like that. I think it would be really great for Orlando. The question is, is the board going to approve the $975 million where MLB has not given any assurances that a ballpark would or a team would be coming to Orlando the worst thing you want is to approve almost a billion dollars and then the MLB says we're going here or we're staying in Tampa vice versa so I personally think it would be a good good move for Rays fans I am not in the I am not in the I want the Rays to move to Tampa uh, to Orlando thing I'm not in that group I'm not in the let's steal them from Tampa I agree. I think I would love the race to stay in Tampa. And I understand, I know I'm going on a tangent. I understand the, there's already two teams in Florida, right? I do understand that. But I do think the Tampa market and the Orlando market can be completely separate and they can still get the people they want for that specific market. The Orlando tourist market is completely different than the Tampa Bay market. 
and you don't, like I said last month, you're not having a lot of Orlando people travel to Tampa for games. That's just the honest truth. Now, could that change if it was in Tampa Bay, if the stadium was in Tampa Bay? Maybe. But I think where it's located, if Orlando can get the bid when that comes up, whenever that comes up with the MLB, I would rather prefer that. But I also, listen, you never know it with what happens with the Rays. So if they come to Orlando, great. But I would prefer Rays to stay in Tampa and then Orlando gets a bid at some point. Yeah, I would be absolutely shattered. I don't care that if, if Orlando is an hour. And Pat said it's an hour and ten away from Tampa. And I I, I don't I honestly. From, from the location of the new stadium, it would be about an hour and ten minutes away. Yeah, uh, I've made that drive many times, my friend, and I don't think I've ever gotten to that area in an hour and ten, first of all. Uh, so I can't, I can't see it. But then again, I just went to a Rays game on Saturday from, from my home in Lithia, and it took me an hour and a half to get to Tropicana Field on a Saturday. So uh, I don't know. That, the traffic part in Orlando, and me and you both, and I think most people that are watching this know, it's just when you hit Disney. Once you get past that Disney hellhole, it's it's smooth sailing. It, it's it's easy, but it's just that Disney part that makes you want to just do unspeakable things. Uh, yeah, a lot of things. A lot of question, questioning why I picked to go to that school in the first place on those oh, trips. Uh, but but no, I I understand your points. I do, and I think there are good points for it. And the whole thing about three baseball teams in in a state. Like I think people look down on that, and even I kind of question that. Like, what's the point, especially when there's one that's you know eighty, hundred miles away, uh, just west? But you know, there's other examples, and I know California is a much larger state when it go when you go by miles stretching, so it's easier to spread it out a little bit. But there are five baseball teams in California as we speak. There are two at the moment, not for long. There are two at the moment that are separated by a bay, being the Giants and the A's, right? And Florida is probably one of the five biggest states in the entire United States from whatever you want to look at there. So, I, I mean, there's a, maybe a third team I could see it working a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, I'll ask you the specific question again. And, you know, I know you went on about the magic in Orlando City. Have you seen the demand? Are people around you talking about, oh, I can't wait to get a baseball team here? Like, is that a thing in Orlando? So... It's never a thing until somebody brings it up and it seems like it could potentially happen. Orlando is not the type of city to be like, oh, I really want this. It's more so if somebody brings it to the table and it looks like it could really work, it could you know, bring a passionate fan base to, people get excited. So, no, I'll be honest. The last five years, it's not like people assumed, oh, yeah, we really want a baseball team. To be completely honest, it's because, yeah, there's already two baseball teams in the state. It's more so like the NFL, right? It's like we as a community in Orlando know we're never getting a football team. That's just plain and simple, well, right? Well, just take totally take a crap on the Orlando Guardians, my friend, when you do, <laughs> when you do that. You know, <laughs> you know it's funny. It's funny. Orlando had a finally got a football team. That was really good in their league, the AAF, with the Apollos. I, know I worked you, for them. I know you worked for the Apollos. You're very fond of the Apollos. And the was it Garrett Grayson was his name, right? The Garrett quarterback? Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. See, I don't even know his name. Oh, there right. you go. Uh, but that was working out, and that folds. And then you get the Orlando Guardians now, and you get you get put with the, the worst color set possible. Ugly team to watch the team play. And you get the worst team in the league that goes 1-9. and nine. 
So I think we just need to scrap football in Orlando altogether myself. Yeah, the marketing team for the uh, for the XFL needs to do some serious work on Orlando. But um, but no, going back to baseball, I do think, and I understand that the three baseball teams, I can understand where fans in the MLB look at that and say, you know, attendance in Miami and Tampa has not been what it is, has not been good at all over the last X amount. But it hasn't been done right in either city. No, 100%. And you can make that argument too, right? I think with the right set of circumstances, the attendance can can skyrocket. Like, again, you guys have clamored it. I think if a stadium was built in Tampa Bay, I think attendance Tampa. would be great. Tampa. 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 The, the thing with Orlando, and that's why I say – I don't necessarily think that when people are saying Orlando can't work, it's not going to get a lot of attendance. I think it would do extremely well because what I've learned about Orlando is people just want to do things. And guess what? I think Pat Williams bringing up the extra area behind or in front of, you know, the ballpark where people can chill and watch. I guarantee you a lot of the people that are going to these games are going to be doing that. They're going to go want to see a baseball game, but they're just want to go hang out because that's Orlando. It's, Going hanging out, not necessarily maybe caring about the game. Now, it's different in the NBA. Like, the Magic, a lot of people don't really go to Amway to, to stroll. But I think <laughs> in this case, you. I... Huh? Nor should you. Oh, no, 100%. You go to a game to watch the game. I know me and Nick share that same sentiment. But Well, it's mostly because there's nothing, there's nothing desirable that at Arena, but continue. Okay, well, that's, you know, that hurts, but... <laughs> Uh, I think baseball could work really well in Orlando. I think the question, the same question that everybody are at, is asking is the same question that I'm asking. But I think if the MLB really considered it, I think it would be a great spot um, and great for the city, obviously. But great for the MLB, too. Yeah. I think you've got to bring a lot of new people to the game uh, that are coming to Orlando to visit the theme parks, visit all that that has to offer. But I think they would, if the tickets were cheap enough, they would go to a game when they're here in the city. Okay, that's a good pitch. I heard you. It's a good pitch. And, and Pat did admit there's a lot of unanswered questions right now, and it's like a big jigsaw, and you got to put all this together. you got to get an owner, and there's a lot of money. Well, Nick, lot we, of money. I, they released the like Orlando tourist board, like all of the people that are requesting money. Yeah. And that is the highest one at a, almost a billion dollars. Like the Amway Center is asking for like $300 million in renovations. So it's like there's a lot of money on the table, and it's like does the city really want to approve a yeah. billion dollars for a – baseball ballpark well that is not there's no team yet yeah and the other thing i mean st pete kind of did the same thing and i've told you that when we had our discussions earlier this week about this that st pete built a ballpark having no assurance that a major league team was going to come there and it sat there for like five or six years being like unused basically just this mausoleum just sitting in the middle of st pete unused and they got passed over during two expansions before they finally were awarded the team there uh, in the mid '90s, so uh, there is a precedent set there for that. And the other thing Pat did say, and I, it's a good point. I'm not going to lie. If one of these two teams is going to come from the eastern side of the United States, the big players we thought were like Nashville, uh, Charlotte, and Montreal. And he said it, and it's kind of true. Charlotte's not really doing anything right now. There's, you're hearing nothing from Charlotte in their interest. Montreal, the big hurdle there is Major League Baseball want to go back down that route, and that's a big question that I tend to say the answer is no on that. Um, and I believe you'd have to get a stadium built in Montreal as well, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Uh, and then Nashville, I thought was the logical place to put it. But as Pat mentioned, look at all the money they're dealing out to get a new stadium for football. 
with the Titans. So now can you convince everybody else in Nashville, hey, thank you for the multi-billion dollar football stadium. How about we get a multi-billion dollar baseball stadium now? Uh, That's probably a hard sell in Nashville. So when you kind of look at it, I guess there is a path, I guess you could say, for Orlando to come in. And we'll see. As long as my final thing on it, as long as you don't take my beloved Rays, I don't really give a rip what you do with it. Just don't take my Rays. That's the thing. I don't think like I know Pat is saying, you know, it'd be if the Rays want to come, we'll we'll accept them. And I understand that. I'm more thinking about the expansion factor. Because at the end of the day, I don't think the Rays are moving. And I don't no. want the Rays to move. I know how important it is to Tampa. I love how, you know, you love your Rays and you don't want them leaving, especially to come to Orlando. It would bring me great joy, but I don't want to see you hurting. Uh, I want expansion. And I told we texted uh, in our group chat the other day and I said this is a possibility. And I know our mutual friend said 5%. I said, it's a lot more than 5%. And I like, he thinks Nashville is hundred percent, but like Pat mentioned, and you brought up like, yeah, they're building a brand new stadium for yep. the Titans, which is, which is great. But Orlando being the tourist spot, it is people are more inclined to shelve out money for new and exciting experiences around the city. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. It's, Many years away, obviously, and we'll see. This thing might get declined next month. It's even they might not even shove out the money in Orlando, so this thing might be dead before it even starts. But with Pat Williams behind it, he's got a lot of great people in the city that that love him and want to see what he you know thinks of succeed. So I'd be shocked, but that is a lot of money for yeah, a stadium is. that could be empty for many years. It is. Uh, I'll put up Richie's comment here. I think this is this is this Rays go to Orlando. I'm done with baseball forever. Um, Richie, you'd go to the stadium once, you'd go to that new ballpark, and you'd be like, okay, I can make it down here. I can make it down here. Well, well, I will say this. like, I don't want the Rays to go to Orlando, but am I, is my fandom going to go away completely? Hell no. Hell no. I mean, the Rays, if the Rays had gone to Montreal, for example, when that was a thing, if they had gone to Montreal, listen, it's the same players, it's the same team, per se. I would have been a Montreal whatever fan. Right, that probably would have been how it turned out, but obviously I don't want that to happen. Absolutely not. And there's so many good vibes around the Rays right now, as you know, yeah. with this start that they're on. So it would be a killer. But like you said, Major League Baseball is not letting the Rays out of this market. It's just this is too big of a market. Uh, the baseball heritage here is too rich, in my opinion, and I'll continue to say that until somebody will listen outside of the state. Um, so yeah, that's we'll wrap up there with that. But thank you for your your uh, intel from the Orlando side, because I know you're very tuned into what's going on up there. Uh, let's transition a little bit to some NFL. Some NFL talk, Sean, because, I mean, we're getting NFL fever. We started off the show a little bit. It's like it's May, and we're itching. We're itching for the NFL. We had the draft. We had the draft. Now we have mini camps opening up around the league. We heard, you know, all the Bucks coordinators, including new offensive coordinator of Canales, spoke yesterday. There's a lot of excitement a little bit. Maybe cautious excitement is what I'll call it surrounding this football team in Tampa Bay. Uh, and Dave Canales kind of highlighted that uh, a little bit yesterday. Who, I, Sean, I don't know if you've heard Dave Canales talk, but he makes you want to like, he makes you want to put on the pads and, and go out there. He really does. Uh, so I love him a lot so far, even though he hasn't even called a single play. Uh, one of the things he did talk about yesterday was the, the new look offensive line for your Buccaneers. Uh, so let's listen in on his thoughts here because we know how that line was last year. It's got to be much better this year. So here's what Canales had to say about that new look offensive line. 
I'm excited about it. I mean, adding Matt Filer. I mean, when you see Tristan and Matt lined up on the left side, and when uh, when uh, Jensen was here, those three guys next to each other, it's pretty impressive, that side of it. And then the depth of guys who have had to play. You know, um, you had Hainsey who had to play. You got uh, Nick Leverett, who's played as a starter for us. Like, we have so much depth and experience. Luke getting a shot to get back a right tackle, you know, and it's early, you know, to, to make any decisions on what all is going to happen. But um, I feel really encouraged with the guys we have. And then, of course, I didn't even mention Cody Mock um, and just the explosiveness and athleticism he has when he gets in there, too. So um, I'm excited about the group and, and knowing what we want to do offensively. I think we're going to have a really great shot at doing that. Yeah, and I, I for the most part, I echo everything he says there about having more bodies this year that are able to start on the line, given the experience like a Hainsey and a Leverett got. I'm still, and I know it's early, they're just penciling something in for May. I, Matt Filer being the, the de facto starting left guard on day one, given the way Nick Leverett played last year for this team, uh, it rubs me the wrong way just a little bit. I know it's May, and it's just, it's, it's just a preliminary depth chart, if you will, but I think Nick Leverett deserved a shot there rather than having to be in a three-man committee uh, at right guard, but Matt Filer is 330 pounds. He's a lot bigger than Nick Leverett, and he said it right there. When you put him, Werfs, and Jensen next to each other on that left side of the line, it is a sight to behold, and we we know this team needs to run uh, the football. So, uh, Sean, I'll just get your take there on on Canales talking about that offensive line and how important that's going to be for the Bucks to, to be a much better team this year. Well, that's probably need number one is that line to be better, and I think everybody knows that. Uh, with the quarterback situation going into this year, you would assume Baker's the starter, and that means probably getting out of the pocket a lot more. So it's going to be a different offense in the way that, you know, again, no need to beat it with a drum, but Tom stayed in the pocket. Baker's going to try and do stuff with his feet. So with that offensive line, listen, it's May 11th. The only thing that I have pro- – like when offensive coordinators in D.C. start talking about these guys – you know, Nick, right? Like we don't play until September. Yep. And we got got a lot of time to fill until then with stuff. A lot of time. You might think this O-line is so good. And then you hit September and Baker's getting sacks eight times. And you're like, okay, we were talking in May that this offensive line is going to be great. And it stinks. So that's my only problem with anything said in May. Like there is so much time. And with how bad the line was last year, injuries played a part in that as well. But with the, line and how they were last year to see what they could do this year it's really only going up from here but i would take everything with a grain of salt until we actually see something on the field that shows that okay this offense this line is going to work perfect for this year yeah and he said that you know sometimes you think you have your the right combination and then guys get hurt or somebody's not working out and he's had years where he's had to work with teams that have five or six different uh line variations if you will because it's just very hard to predict and get that cohesiveness. So I guess you take everything with a grain of salt at the moment. I'm just a big Dick Leverett fan in general. Uh, I love his story as an undrafted free agent and how he played oh, yeah. last year in tough situations. So, But you know what? If he's good enough, he'll, he'll win out that job. And he's got he's to go with Cody Malkin. It's kind of what T. Knowles said here. Uh, if they can get the right side of the line figured out, the Bucks will have a nasty O-line, especially if Mount can figure out right guard, uh, which I, I want to see because this is the second year in a row the Bucks have gone smaller tackle in college, small school, trying to now move them three spots down the line. They did it with Gedeke, who was a right tackle 
at Central Michigan and slid him all the way to left guard, and he was a disaster. And now they have him back at his natural right tackle position. Thank goodness for that. Hopefully he holds up well there. And now Malk, who was a left tackle at North Dakota State, has got to slide all the way back down the line, and he's in a competition for right guard. I know he's nasty. I'm sure you've seen this guy, Sean. He looks like Ryan Jensen. He's wearing number 69. It's absolutely perfect for this, the way this guy looks. So, uh, I love his smile for me. I just love the smile. I love the fact, and I'm, and I'm one of those people that's like skeptical on the pick a little bit at the moment, uh, but I love the fact that he, I think his teeth, this whole thing happened in like 2018, and he's had five years to fix it, and he's like, no, nah, I'm not fixing it. No, nah, I'm not fixing it. I'm going to make the other guy across the line from me look at me like that. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to be feels like a hockey. He, feel, like, he feels like a hockey guy. Uh, he, he was made for the NHL playoffs, might I add. He was made for the NHL playoffs. But he's a, it's a Jason-like it's, it's Jason pick. I mean, he loves these guys from small schools and that look. And I like, typically I like my offensive line to look like that. When they signed Ryan Jensen, I looked at him and I said, yep, that's what I want my offensive line to look like. Again, as a Patriots fan, my offensive line basically has looked like that for however many years. We get guys that are undrafted or late round picks, and they end up being our starters for years. So <laughs> the Bucks line, you know, T. Knowles has a point. It is the right side of the line that is the big question. Mark. It is. I think obviously there are questions on the left side, but there's a lot less questions. Yeah, and Shaq, Shaq, Mason, Shaq Mason's a loss. We said this yesterday. Shaq Mason was a cap casualty, unfortunately, and he just got the bag, by the way, with Houston. Congratulations to him. But he's a loss. He's a loss that nobody's really talking about. Like That's a solid guy that I don't really have to worry about at right guard. So uh, it is a question mark on this team, one of a few that I have for them this season. But in this division, I mean, I think it's a race to get to eight. It's a race Literally. to get to eight potentially this year, and I think there's nothing really to me that's differentiating most of these four teams, honestly. I know everybody's got Derek Carr and the Saints penciled in. Eh. They haven't really done anything this offseason besides get Derek Carr. Uh, all they did was bring in Derek Carr. They got an aging core on defense. They've lost some players from that defense as well, like Davenport, Nanyamata, and such. Eh. I don't think they're going to be this 10-11 win football team just because Derek Carr's there, personally. So... I will say the Saints in the long run, like in the next five years, they've set themselves up to be pretty much the worst team in the division. Like they're trying to win now, oh, and that is do. the wrong thing to do. Yeah, like, every other team in the division is smart and like, okay, we're building for the future. Like we're we know this is not the year that matters. It's four years down the line. The Saints are the only team that are like, eh, we'll win the division this yeah. year and then see what happens. Yeah, this they still they're still employing Michael Thomas. Right, they still employ him, and he has some crazy cap hit next year. I don't know what they're going to do about that, and he, I don't really care to be honest. I hope it straps them. Uh, and then Camara, I'm pretty sure is probably going to end up getting suspended. Like this yep. whole thing's been delayed. He could have gotten suspended six games last year. I'm sure it's going to come this year. The six game suspension. They drafted the rookie running back Andre Miller in the third round, but it's not Alvin Camara now, is it? And they and they struggled to use him, by the way, last year in that offense to his fullest capabilities. And they have issues at head coach, I think, with Dennis Allen, much like the Bucks do with Todd Bowles. So, yeah, I think we're kind of in lockstep there. I don't think this is this division is completely New Orleans. Um, also, too, going around today, we're going to get the full schedule release later today. But obviously, there's been leaks coming out. Uh, the one that I know of last time that I checked, the Bucks are going to play the Green Bay Packers. In Lambeau in December, Ugh. the Bucks have avoided Fun. having to play any really cold games, uh, super cold games. Their last 
few years. That's going to change. Having to go to Green Bay now. These aren't your these aren't your grandpapa's uh, Green Bay Packers. These aren't your dad's Green Bay Packers. Without Aaron Rodgers, a little different, but uh, that will definitely be a challenge as we see if any other leaks will come out today. We did get the big one today, Bo, and this is surprising, Sean. Can we pump the brakes on the Detroit Lions? Can we just and listen? I love the Lions. I love mm-hmm. the Lions. I mean, they're a, every they're this they're the ultimate sneaky. Uh, wild card, I guess, if you will, around the NFL and definitely in the NFC. But can we? We're putting a little bit too much on them here. They're Terrible. playing in the opening game on that Thursday night against the Chiefs in Kansas City. The Lions. Yeah, the Lions. Who 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 said this was a good idea? I think I know why the NFL did it. It's stupid, but like. It's going to be a lot of points. I mean, a lot of points are going to be scored. And that's and that's clearly what they want. But it is a dumb, dumb opening. It it's really so doesn't weird. Matter. Like, the Lions against the Chiefs in yeah. the season opener. Like, we're just, we're just throwing it all out there. The Lions are apparently up here. And here's the thing. I think the Lions, like, it's between the Lions and the Vikings to win that division. I think the Lions have a really good shot. I like the Lions this year. I agree. I like their coach. Campbell's a G. I like their team to put them up against the chiefs in their first game and open the season with that. I mean, the line is probably 14, like (laughs) straight up. Like it's unfair to put that as the first game. And I'll be honest, like as a game to like make me want to tune in on a Thursday night, like we're hardcore football fans, right? So we'll probably tune in anyway. Cause we, we just want to watch it to the average football fan. I'm sorry. I don't know if that gets me excited, like to watch on a Thursday night. You know what I mean? Like the Lions haven't hit that point yet, where it's like, oh, I gotta go watch Jared Goff throw the sling the football. Well, because you know? I've been I've been so accustomed to seeing Super Bowl rematches, yeah. Usually in the first weekend of the season, or you get two of the best teams in the league. The Lions did not make the playoffs last year. That's the point. That is the point. I don't care what the Lions are projected to be. Who, by the way, the draft, I mean, first of all, the Lions had the most peculiar draft I think I've ever seen in the first round, having two premium picks and taking the two least important positions with those premium picks. Uh, So, I don't know. Then they trade DeAndre Swift. He's nothing to us. He's nothing. That's fine. We'll just go, let's just make the rich get richer. Can we stop trading with the Philadelphia Eagles, please? Can we stop doing it? So, yeah, it's just a weird opening game, really. I don't mean to go on a Lions tangent here, but it's just interesting decision by the NFL. Uh, the other one, I think they got this right because I love storylines and I love drama. I love this. The New England Patriots are hosting and honoring Mr. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. He's coming back to Foxborough. Now you can have him back after a nice three years here in Tampa Bay, Sean. I know you're so excited about that. But guess who the the Patriots are playing in that home opener? Dolphins, probably. The yeah, Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Whatever. This is perfect. This is perfect. You know, the thank you Tom game is what they're they're calling it, and you know, all the it's the start. According to Robert Kraft, it's the start of the festivities, probably that are going to go on for the next fifty years to say thank you to Tom Brady. Um, the one, it's so funny. Because like I can I can just envision Tom like running out the tunnel with the guys just like, but on the other end he was probably gonna play for the Dolphins. So it's like this weird, 
this weird, like, we love you, Tom, but you were going to go play for them. So I, I'll take him. I, I'm good. I'm not mad at Tom anymore. He's back in New England. I'm happy that we're getting some form of a, you know, I don't even know what it's going to entail, but I, I'm, I'm glad we're getting it. I mean, is this a Jersey retirement? Like, I mean, which would be it's, easiest well, I, thing? What is this? Well, I mean, I'm sure it's a lot. Like, if we're being completely honest, it's probably, like, automatic into the Hall of Fame uh, for the Pats Hall of Fame. Jersey retirement. Uh, he's doing getting a halftime thing. Oh. So, I don't hate it. I know we're going to lose. I mean, we're going to lose the first game. So, <laughs> that's going to suck. But, you know, I'm just happy that it got announced and Robert Kraft is still, uh, still getting Tom to come on down to uh, cold Boston instead of staying in in Florida all the time. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay Tom was infinitely more enjoyable than, than, eh. than New England Tom, and I don't think anybody is going to disagree with that statement other than, other than you, you Boston people. You know, I did just watch the 80 for Brady thing. You know, I'm like, you know what, I'll watch this, you know, support my guy, um, trying to get into the movies now. He should he should stay on the Fox three hundred fifty million dollar deal. He's let's not he's the, not calling one game for Fox. I know he's not, but let's not let's not do this uh, movie thing. Or if you're doing movies, let's let's make them nothing to do with anything football related, or you know, just try to find interesting people because that movie stunk. That was <laughs> that was a hard watch. I can't believe you actually went out of your way to see that. I mean, I, I saw honest, one I trailer and I'm out. I lied. I skimmed it. I, I skimmed it to the Patriots parts with the Super Bowl. And, you know, I, you know, but besides that, it was hard watch. Yeah. And then at the end where they did the Brady. Oh, no. Sorry for the spoilers fans, but they did no, like nobody's the, watching this movie. You're good. Oh, facts. They did that. All the women were wearing like Bucks and Pats like split. And I'm like, that's just gross. <laughs> like, if you're going to do it, just wear a Bucks jersey. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Yeah, but that, that'll be fun to see. I mean. I joke all the time, but Tom is a patriot. It's like the it's like the world almost coming right back to full circle. So, I'm sure. It'll I think like everybody's forgotten he played for the Bucks. Forgotten he played for the Bucks? Literally, I think people don't. Eat, it's like, oh, he like I from everything I see, it's like, oh, the Bucks are back to where they're supposed to be. In oh yeah, I mean, we're we're apparently we're the second worst team in the league now, and it's because Brady's gone. Even though we have you know 11 Pro Bowlers on the roster and a few All oh, Pros, and we're young, you know, yeah. He's, Tom leaves and we're just we're just back to being the same old bucks. I I, I get it. I get. We'll get talk. Baker will get some some morning <laughs> show talking points at some point. Yeah, and I'm hope I'm wondering if the Bucks will even get a primetime game because this is the first year in a while where they not every team's guaranteed to get a primetime. By the way, the Packers have five of them with Jordan. Oh, that's Love. god awful. But it's eyeballs. There's a lot of Packers. I understand that to an to an extent. Uh, also, the Jets. Aaron Rodgers' debut is on Monday Night Football on September 11th against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so that'll be a fun one as well for Monday night, which needs some juice to it. There's been no juice on Monday night football for a long time. Um, but let's see if the Bucks get a primetime game. I think, like, Baker, to me, like, I could see, like, a, a Monday night game against New Orleans. I feel like they do that a lot. Well, do y'all play the Browns? I don't even know your the schedule. Uh, no, we do not play the Browns. Uh, that would have been perfect. Yeah, I guess. I, but I could see a, I could see a Saints-Bucks Monday night, maybe a Thursday night or whatever. Monday night, I could see you guys getting, but a probably night just game. one game, probably just one primetime game, if anything, for the Bucks. I think at the moment, uh, but again, the Bucks have typically don't play well in primetime, so I don't really, I'm not really that bothered by it. Yeah, there you go. So uh, a lot of one o'clock, one o'clock games. 
Oh, goodness. Richie said, Sean, you are so Orlando, born and raised, but rooting for the Patriots. I'm sure you will be the guy with the Red Sox jersey when they play, on, when they play the Dreamers. First of all, I hope the Pat love you, but the dream, we need to change the name if we get approved. That name um, sucks. That, that name sucks. It's bad. We, Magic uh, is already pushing it enough. Dreamers, we've gone overboard. Yeah, Dreamers is bad. Uh, so if we get approved, we need to change that like right away. Uh, but no, I would be – I'm an Orlando guy. The Patriots is a long story, and I'm not going to say it on this program, <laughs> but I would be rooting for the Dreamers, 100%. Again, hopefully the name's changed. Wow, that's interesting. You would be rooting for the, for the Dreamers of your beloved Sox. Interesting. And Boston has disowned you for that take. No, it would be it would be a thing of like if the Dreamers suck and like we don't make the playoffs. Like for example, when the Magic are out of the playoffs, like I support the Celtics. I support the Boston teams, but like obviously Orlando goes first. Oh. Now in baseball, I'm I'm not you know I support the race, but you know if Boston's in the World Series, I'm going for Boston, man. Okay. We'll leave you with that take. Uh, let's hit a break here. It's been a while. We just went about forty minutes there. Absolutely, absolutely blew through the break. So let's pay some of those bills and we'll come back and we'll get into some of the action we saw last night and the NBA. Yes, we will, because uh, I'm so glued in on this Lakers Warrior series. Even if you're not a huge fan of the NBA, you have to understand this is such a big deal. What is going on here in the NBA right now, which eh, the second round of the playoffs have been a little patchy. I'm not going to be I'm going to be a little bit honest. So we'll get into that and some of the other stuff around. Uh, the league and some other stories as well here as we wrap up on a Thursday. Back in three. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. 
If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life changer you will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bammc.com tell them jp sent you for priority scheduling that's 844-977-3477 or bammc.com JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back that doesn't happen with the jeeves law group personal attention is what they're all about when you call the jeeves law group you will be part of the family they will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies these larger companies will promise bigger settlements but it's the jeeves law group that will get you the best results if you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms check out the jeeves law group go to jeeveslawgroup.com tell them jp sent you get a free consultation It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Pure Pure Sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fanstream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here on a Thursday JP off to do a nice panel with Jason Like, Julian Breeze Baugh, Eric Ander. As a reminder, we will bring you some good sound from that tomorrow and on Monday as well. Should be fun. Uh, Sean Green staying with us here as we got about 15 minutes here left in the show. Uh, spent a lot of time talking today with uh, about the MOB potentially going to Orlando. We had a great interview with Pat Williams. Encourage you to go check that out, and we'll get that up as a separate uh, later on today as well. 
We talked Bucks NFL, but let's transition a little bit because we got playoffs going on right now. Uh, and first note before we hit the NBA, because I know you're not much of an NHL guy, but I just have to, I have to just, you know, Panthers, what are you doing? I mean, we we could have just put these freaking Maple Leafs away last night. We could have had the sweep. It could have been embarrassing. And, and you had to lay a stinker last night. Like, not even 20 shots on goal. Complete no-show. Don't do that. Stop playing for the next game because you have the buffer of the three. Just put them away. Uh, so there you go. But Toronto played their best game of the playoffs. They got a lucky bounce, of course, uh, to get one goal. Uh, and they had to fight really hard for the other because Bob uh, lost his stick and was still recovering and missed a shot. So was it really that impressive from Toronto? I don't think so. So Panthers, please get your head back on straight and and put these Maple Leafs away. So that's all I'll say about the NHL last night. Oh, and the, the Oilers, you know, blew out the Knights too. That happened. Late game, did not see much of that. Uh, what I was watching later, because that was such a blowout, I tuned into the NBA uh, because I was, I was like, LeBron's playing, Curry's playing, the Warriors-Lakers are playing. Got to tune into this. The Lakers a chance to put the Warriors away and go to the Western Conference Final. And they laid a stinker. They laid a stinker. And, Sean, I'm concerned about the Lakers now. I yeah. thought if they were going to get out of this series, they needed to put them away here before Golden State gets this to a point where they can get this back for a Game 7. And now I have a little bit... I didn't like what I saw from the Lakers last night and, and, you know, of course, Anthony Davis. Now, this wasn't really one of those typical Anthony Davis injuries. He got an elbow to the head, and it seemed like he had a hard time. I think they said they had to take him out on, like, a wheelchair or something off the court after the game. So we'll find out later today what his status is. But if Anthony Davis is banged up and potentially can't play in Game 6, we'll see in Game 7. And if it gets to Game 7, then Golden State, in my opinion, is moving on. But last night we saw contributions from Draymond Green scoring 20 points. Who is that guy? Haven't seen that guy in a, while, in a long time. Andrew Wiggins had, I thought he was the best player on the court for the Warriors, and that includes Steph Curry, who wasn't great yesterday by any means. Uh, so, Sean, I'll get your take on what you saw last night. Golden State getting contributions all up and down, which we haven't seen in this series. You know, I never rooted for the Lakers in my lifetime, but I'm rooting for them in this series uh, because, yeah, like it's the same thing when the Pats were great, right? You want the big kahuna to just fall and to stop. And Golden State, the problem I have with Golden State is I will give them credit. They have built their team up to be this. They built this team. They haven't bought this team. They built this team. But I think it's just time. There's too many, you know, I think they've gotten too big for their britches, specifically Draymond Green acting like they're untouchable. I think the series is over, to be completely honest with you. I think Golden State is going to win it. Uh, Just last night, they got what they needed. Uh, The Lakers, they looked all right in the first half. I mean, it was pretty close, pretty tight in the first half. But if any of your viewers do not watch the NBA, the first half does not matter, like one leg. It's, It's all what happens in the second half. And in the second half, the Warriors just punch the Lakers in the mouth. Um, if I'm being honest, even if Anthony Davis is healthy and does not have a concussion and is fine, I still think the Warriors are probably going to go out and win it. Um, momentum is everything in the playoffs. And I think the Lakers had the momentum. And it's all overreactions every single time with the NBA playoffs. It's, what have you done for me lately? So in this case, the Warriors won, so everybody's going to be overreacting, right? But... I think in this case, you have the four-time champs going in against the Lakers, who a lot of people did not expect to do anything in the playoffs. They've already knocked off the Grizzlies, who a lot of people thought would, would go pretty far in the playoffs. And now with Golden State, 
I mean, I think Golden State has figured something out last game, and I think that will probably continue going into the next couple games, especially if Anthony Davis is not playing. Uh, but Anthony Davis needs to be a little bit more uh, aggressive, I would say. Last night he was not aggressive at all, and that ended up hurting the Lakers. Yeah, he, he, yeah he played okay last night, I'd say. But, you know, the thing with Anthony Davis, it's like one game you get MVP version Anthony Davis, and the next game you get disinterested, would rather be anywhere else in the world, it looks like, Anthony Davis. And to this, to his credit, he put two great games together to get them up 3-1 to one because I don't think this is a case of, I don't think LeBron's necessarily running the show in this offense right now. I think Anthony Davis is almost the most important key to the Lakers right now, as he goes, in my opinion, is almost had. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but when Anthony Davis shows up and plays to his best ability, the Lakers are winning every game. And when yeah. he doesn't, they typically do not win. And also, I mean, other things they got to get when they have depth scoring is also something they got to get, and they've gotten a lot of that from uh, Rui Hachimura uh, and Reeves. Hachimura was super cold last. I mean, he barely shot actually. He shot three times in twenty-one minutes. So. Uh, you take that away from them, and then you add in Gary Payton putting up 13 points and Draymond giving you 20. That's the difference, really, I think I saw last night. Well, you can really tell who a team actually is when they have a chance to pull out a game. And when I say that, I mean the Lakers, they only had to win. If they won this game, they're moving on, right? And the difference from game four to game five, it was a completely different team. Completely different team. Like, it seemed like in game four, the Lakers, it was a winner-go-home situation, right? Like, everybody had great games. The depth scoring was was really good. Like, you get good minutes from all your bench guys. And the Warriors seemed non-existent. In this game, in a chance to pull it out, your guys just don't show up. And I think you are correct. Like, the offense is not really running through LeBron this series. And that's kind of what I think has kind of forced the Warriors into a bind in a lot of these situations is they've played LeBron a lot. And I think in this situation, they're not used to LeBron not bringing up the ball and being the primary scorer. It's, it's a lot of different guys, and the offense is trying to run through Anthony Davis, which the Warriors did a good job last night. A lot of the times when Anthony Davis got the ball, it was sending extra help over, even just tapping him, trying to get him to feel uncomfortable. So that's why I'm saying I think the Warriors kind of figured out what the Lakers are doing. Now it's up to the Lakers to kind of change it up, maybe go back to that conventional LeBron running the running the show, see how that works. But if the Lakers want to knock off the kings of the NBA, you need to show up every game, and you need to act like you're in an elimination game every game because the Warriors have to win out. Are you going to let the Warriors come back from 3-1 and win? I don't know. I guess we'll see, in, uh, see tomorrow pretty much. I would just like to see a close game because there's only been one game in this series that was close. There was one yeah. game, and this has been a theme – the first round of the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs, I'll lump that in together, was fantastic. We had close games. We had series going six and seven and all over the place. It was madness. And I think in the NHL, I think they, if you include last night, 16 of the games that have been played in the second round, 11 of them have been decided by three goals or more. I mean, it's to the point where like a team jumps out 3-0 in the first period and it's my cue. Okay, done for the night. Let me, let me change the channel because these teams aren't even pushing back, and I see that in the NBA as well. Uh, one team that did push back last night, though, however, uh, with their backs against the wall, uh, was the New York Knicks, who I had I had completely written off. <laughs> I did not like the effort from them, uh, and most throughout most of the series, I didn't like Julius Randle his comments after the last game. 
Uh, it just feels like it's been the Jalen Brunson show, and I'm looking around like, who else is going to show up for the Knicks? Who else is going to show up? And damned if I didn't see a great effort last night from Brunson, yes. But from Quentin Grimes, uh, who's one of the more unheralded players on that team, and you look at the box score and you go, oh, he didn't really. He played 48 minutes. He had 48 minutes for the Knicks. And defensively, the, he, he had the stop of the game at the end of the game where he's, he's limping on one leg and he's got to cover Jimmy Butler. And he locked him up. Playoff, playoff Hemi. He locked him up. No, he played, he played great defense on Butler. And I think the Knicks found something with that because, again, he had nothing to lose. I mean, again, elimination game, you could see how a team fares when they can close it out or when their backs are against the wall. I still don't think the Knicks have it, yeah, if I'm being honest. No. I think the Heat will win tomorrow night, especially going back to Miami. That's a place you don't want to go. Uh, and the Knicks, again, they played Jalen Brunson 48 minutes. Like, man didn't get a break. He no. played the entire game. And that can't last. No, I mean, it can't. And that's, like, credit to Tom Thibodeau for just saying, yep, you're just going to stay out there. But it's not sustainable. And at some point, Miami, and I'm sure Miami – and Spolster have already figured out kind of ways to hinder or slow down Brunson. Because what I've noticed is if Brunson's not on it, this next team is garbage. And that's and that's just flat-out truth. Like, Julius Randle, he has too many highs and lows to be the consistent score for you. He's not really a, you know, do-it-himself. He's more of a get it in a spot and do something with it. Jalen Brunson is your guy that is your elite score. And... If, if he's not on it, your team is, is just not in it. So I think the Heat close this out tomorrow night. Do I like that? No, I want the Knicks to win because I don't like the Heat. But... I'm, like, I'm, I'm completely in a different boat. And you're more of like, you're more diehard Magic than I'll ever be, right? But yeah, I, I will, if the Magic are not in it, which has been the case for majority of the last 12 years, um, I just defaultly go to the Heat because I just, I like Jimmy, I love Jimmy oh. Butler. I'm a big Jimmy Butler guy. I think he raises his game to the playoffs better than almost anybody I think I've seen in the league. Like the Heat are an eight seed and or a play-in team, and I feel like they are, they're a threat to win the NBA championship. Seriously, yeah. and I think a lot of that comes down to Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster, who I think is I think he's the best coach in the league, in my opinion. He's done it for a long time, yeah, and he's proven that he doesn't need LeBron, Wade, and Bosh to no. be a good coach. He no. can he can coach up anybody and make them make them elite team. Yeah, he's great. Uh, oh, by the way, I just saw this. I was scrolling through Twitter to see if I missed anything today. They gave an update to this. The, the Tom Brady game is not going to be in I was going to mention it to you. It's, it's not going to be in week two because the Patriots are opening up in week one, and they're going to be it's against, the, it's gonna be, they're, uh, against the Eagles. They're going to honor Tom Brady against the Eagles now. So a super, no. I'm reading it right You're, here. I saw it's going to be against in week two. Let me read the tweet. Let me read the tweet. Jordan Schultz, clarification. Patriots are opening up at home in week one and two. Week one, they will honor Tom Brady against the Eagles in a Super Bowl LII rematch per sources. Week two will be at home versus the Dolphins, as previously reported. So he's being honored uh, against the Eagles instead of the Patriots. So we're, Damn it. So we're definitely losing. So we have to open the season against the Eagles. That is – I hate that. You know, that's I mean, tough. That's tough. Oh, and two. That's oh, tough. and two to start. That's tough. I just wanted storylines, man. I just wanted to see Brady getting honored against the Dolphins. I just wanted that. Well, but we were getting, get um, we were talking about uh, primetime games for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, I am happy to report it got it, it hasn't been officially announced, but it looks like Pat's Dolphins is Sunday Night Football week two. 
So we already get a primetime game in the second week of the season. Well, that's um, great. I know. It's great for us, I mean, to get killed in the first two weeks. But, uh, yeah, no, Richie, that makes me – I'm actually upset that Nick said that and I didn't look at it myself because now I'm even more scared. I don't want to play the Eagles week one. <laughs> you have that's fun, terrible. You have fun with that. 